As with every episode of Storytellers, this episode may contain themes, storylines, or ideas that may not be safe for work. Headphones recommended, and listener discretion is greatly advised. the storytellers i'm derek and this is the show that proves that anybody can tell a story um today i am joined by abby and jeline and jason and we're going to talk about their shows at the end um but first and foremost abby how are you doing today i'm pretty good all being considered i'm doing good 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 um jeline how are you i'm fantastic i'm so glad i'm able to do this <laughs> me too and jason how are you doing today Doing really good, man. Happy to be here. Happy to talk some stories. Um, and then, uh, like you, I'm actually a California native, so I'm actually going to go ahead and check out the uh, Dodger game when we wrap up here. Okay. Who are they playing today? Uh, I think Colorado, if I remember. They're wrapping oh, up the series. Last time I saw a baseball game with the Dodgers, they were playing the Giants, and I guess y'all hate each other. Oh, yeah. No, huge, huge rivalry for sure. Yeah. So- I'm a Mar- I'm 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 a Mariners guy, which means I know fucking nothing about baseball, um, <laughs> because we usually bow out like eight games into the season, which is literally two days into the season. It seems I fucking hate baseball. I'm sorry. Um, I love to play it. Hate to watch it. Like, oh yeah. my god, my dad used to play AAA baseball, and so I had to sit in the stands and watch. And so it's a whole thing. Like my dad completely ruined baseball for me forever. <laughs> um, but good luck to your Dodgers. Like I wanted I, once I, I was in LA and I was like, I want to get a Dodger dog. And somebody turned to me and was like, it's a fucking hot dog, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, it is, dude. It's just, it's just clever branding. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fucking just, hot dog. It's just on the long hot dog that sticks a little bit out of the bun on either side. You're good to go. <laughs> I was like, it's a Dodger dog. And he was like, no, it's a fucking, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fucking jumbo hot dog, man. <laughs> so you, they sell those at Costco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for like a buck 50 with a drink or something and they're so good <laughs> so storytellers is a combination of the age-old game of telephone and the art of storytelling and what i do is i gather three or four storytellers together depending on uh, if i'm going to be a part of the story or not and we randomly choose who's going to go first second third and fourth in the story and the first person in the story i give them three cards now those three cards uh explain three separate events that have to be in the first part of the story they don't have to be the theme of the first part of the story but they have to be in the first part of the story um after they finish their segment they send their segment over to me and i send it over to the second person the second person will then continue their segment of the story which is going to be between five and seven minutes based on the first person part of the story they cannot end the story or bring it to a climax um then it starts to get interesting because they send their part back to me and i send their their segment 
to the third person. The third person will never hear the first person part of the story. Uh, they will bring the story to a, to a climax, hearing only the second part of the story. And then we send it over to the fourth person who never gets to hear the beginning of the story, but has to end the story based on what they've heard from the third person's part. Um, so the first person never hears how the story ends and the last person never hears how the story begins. And then we all get together and do about a 45 minute talk on Zoom where we hear the story and everybody gets to tell us what the fuck they were thinking about <laughs> so for this story the um the story cards that were given were problem at the bus station confession and person voted most likely to succeed and abigail went first uh and then myself and then jason went third and then Jolene went and closed out the story, concluded the story for us. Um, so Jolene, knowing that those three cards, problem at the bus station, confession, and person voting most likely to succeed were what they were. Uh, do you feel like those three cards made it to the end of the story? No, except for like confession. Confession made it to the end of the story, but... The rest of them, not so much. I appreciate that confession. So Abigail began the story. And so without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the first part. Here's Abigail's segment of the story. Dayton leads Wildcats to third state title. Patrick Dayton, the 17-year-old high school superstar and MVP, led Collin High School's football team to its third straight win on Saturday against the Guggen Vikings, 16-13. After the championship win, Dayton said he was excited to see what comes next. Mark ripped the poster down. He couldn't read anymore. They were doing it again, hyping some poor kid up to be the next Patrick Mahomes or Michael Jordan, when the reality would be much darker, he knew. Hey! Why did you rip our poster down? Mark froze. Who on earth would be up this early at a bus stop, putting up gaudy flyers for some peaked-in high school football star? He slowly turned around with the still-crumpled flyer in his hand. A girl with auburn hair pulled back in a loose ponytail stood there with her mouth half open, as if she were in shock or wanted to say something. Mark couldn't tell which, so he shrugged. You have to have a permit to put up flyers on public property? The girl looked taken aback. She couldn't be older than 15 or 16, and by the looks of it, she didn't know or care about the permit. Must be nice having mommy and daddy's money as your get-out-of-jail-free card, Mark thought. We're putting up flyers to celebrate. Go Wildcats! Yeah, well, you still need a permit, and anyway, shouldn't you be at home asleep? It's six in the morning. The cheer squad got special permission to put up flyers today in celebration. I don't think we need a permit. Are you some kind of lawyer or something? Some kind of lawyer or something. That's rich, Mark thought. He hated the law on principle. No, I'm not a lawyer. Then why do you care? Here's some tape. Can you put that back up, please? We're kind of in a rush. Who's we? I only see... Jackie, do you have more tape? A mousy brown-haired boy came running up to her out of breath. Great, Mark thought, more starry-eyed little miscreants doing what they thought was a public service announcement. Didn't they know they were wasting their time? Who are you? Mark had to stop himself from rolling his eyes. I'm the guy whose bus stop you're defaming in six in the morning. We're not defaming anything. He pulled down one of the flyers, but he's going to put it back up. Then you can have the tape, Henry. Oh, not cool, man. 
Jackie ripped a few pieces of tape out of the dispenser and put her hand out for Mark to take them. Reluctantly, Mark took them and turned back around to the side of the bus stop and uncrinkled the flyer. He noticed the picture of who was invariably Patrick Dayton for the first time and stopped. Hey man, we don't have all day. Mark hastily put the flyer back up, crooked and crinkled. He looked at his watch and turned around to face the two hooligans again. 6.12. Thank God the bus should be here soon. Thank you, Jackie said. Mark knew the proper response was, you're welcome. Somehow that didn't seem appropriate, though. Sure. Jackie handed the rest of the tape to Henry, who looked like he was about to take off again when he stopped. Man, it's all wrinkled. Why'd you do that? Mark sighed. Today was not the day. This year was not the year. Look, I'm sorry I ripped your poster down, okay? It's all right. Thanks for putting it back up. Jackie smiled as she said it. Nah, not okay. It's... Henry, it's fine. Let's go. Who do you think you are, man? Listen, kid, I said... You're Mark Young, aren't you? Mark stopped immediately in his tracks. How in the... Who in the... How do you know that? I recognized your picture from the trophy case at school. Jackie looked embarrassed. Whoa, the Mark Young? MVP for football, track, and basketball, winner of the high school Heisman, four-time winner at state, voted most likely to succeed, and prom king? It was a long time ago, kid. What were the odds that on this day, at this bus stop, at this godforsaken hour, he would run into two teenage fan idiots that would recognize him? This had to be proof that if there was a god, he had to have a sixth sense of humor. Where was that bus? He checked his watch again. 619. Late. Of course the bus was late. Why would anything go according to plan today? Mark huffed. Yeah. Yeah. That's me, Mark Young. Dude, you're a legend. Come on, Henry, let's go. We have a lot left to put up. Jackie pulled the sleeve of Henry's jacket. Thank you for putting the flyer back up. It was nice to meet you. Sure. They started to walk away. As they did, Mark followed them with his eyes, hoping he would see the bus coming into view. No luck. Just two damn kids walking away. He turned and sat down on the bench. He didn't have time for this. He was going to be late for his appointment if his bus didn't get here soon. Looking up to the heavens, he shook his head and closed his eyes. Of all the days, this one had to start off like this. Glancing around the wall of the bus stop, he checked for the bus again. Come on! Trying to will the bus into existence. Turning back to the bench, he saw the pitiful flyer gripping the side of the wall. Nope. Not today. Sorry, kids. I can't do it. And he tore the wretched thing off the wall again. Hater. That, that's what I put down on my notes for Mark. See, I put a hater. <laughs> I put that down. That Mark's a hater. But <laughs> Abigail, what, uh, what were you thinking? What, what made you create this segment of the story? Um. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I was, we didn't really have like most likely to succeed or any or MVP or anything like that. At least not that I was aware of at my school. Mm-hmm. So like, I know what they were, but I, I recently watched like a documentary about like what happens to people who like want to pursue a career in professional sports and I was sort of in a dark place after that documentary. And so I wrote this after I watched it. And mm. that's what kind of came out. Okay. Um, 
is there really a such thing as a high school Heisman? <laughs> like, I am not even joking. I, I should have Googled it. Uh, is is there, though? I think so. I want yeah. it. I feel like I could still go back. I feel like I could throw the ball over those mountains over there. <laughs> Jason, you're yes, third. Sir. Yes, sir. Does this story match what you heard? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit, man. Like by the time you get to my story, it's going to be so far removed from what we just listened to. Um, <laughs> we go into some very uh, heavy uh, genre uh, places. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I won't spoil anything, but needless to say, a bunch of like 14-year-old boy concepts start to make their way in. And that'll that you'll understand what I mean by that after you hear it. Yeah. So, Abby, <laughs> before we go any further... You know, I love you, right? Uh, play cousin status, you're getting up to closer in family. But right now, you know, love you like a play cousin. Yeah, I took your part and like <laughs> ran with it <laughs> as far as I could. And then I dropped that off and buried it. And then I ran <laughs> back. And then I took the parts that I didn't fit on the shovel and I made a story with it. And it makes sense. Within what you were saying, what does it really? <laughs> Jalene, knowing that you're the last person to tell the story, what do you think about how the story began? It it doesn't even sound like the same story. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. Abby, I love you though. I wasn't in as dark of a place as you were. Let's just let's just put it like that. I was in a Jason, shall we say whimsical? Yeah, felt, that's a good word. Yeah. I felt whimsical. <laughs> so, um, Creative. It's a good one. We we for the, we did this a while back in August, yeah. and I had to go back and see what the fuck was I doing in August that might have, you know what, fuck it. We're about to listen to my <laughs> segment of the story, and then I, I can explain. But... I shouldn't have to explain. Anything that starts with I can explain, it's going to be. No, the thing is, I don't think I will have to explain because if I remember correctly, this shit, to quote Gwen Stefani, this shit is bananas. (laughs) B-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-S. So with no further ado, let's get to my part of the story. Here's part two. It wasn't that Mark hated Patrick. Far from it. It was just that Mark knew what was going to happen to Patrick next. And he tried to warn Patrick. Multiple times. But Patrick was never quite able to understand what Mark was trying to tell him. Instead, Patrick branded Mark as a hater. And the line just stuck. So all of a sudden... Mark was Mark the Hater. It spread through social media like fire. Oh, there's Mark the Hater. No longer was he former prom king and high school Heisman winner and basketball, football, and track great Mark. Now he was just Mark the Hater. Oh, he hates the law. Oh, he hates football. Oh, he hates Patrick. But the thing was... He didn't hate Patrick at all. 
He just knew exactly what he was about to be put through. The spins and the turns and the, the drops on the roller coaster of life that Patrick was about to undertake. There was no way that Patrick was going to be able to live up to the pedestal that the people had put him on. And Mark was just trying to warn him that he needed to get down as quickly as possible. To stay level. To keep his head focused. Jackie and Henry putting those posters up was only the beginning of a horrible, horrible tale. That was going to end up with Mark looking at Patrick one day as Patrick sat in a shoe store with a shoe in his hand, talking to a guest about how he scored four touchdowns in one game. Collins High School never knew a player like him, and he could have been the greatest until he sprained his ankle, grew up, and married someone named Meg. And then they had a child named Kellyanne and another child named Buddy. Mark could see all of this, clearly, and he needed Patrick to avoid this future more than anything else because Mark's future was completely intertwined with Patrick's. There was nothing he could do about it. Trust me, he had tried about 17 or 18 times to detangle himself from this future. Do I have to talk to this guy again? I mean, he just doesn't get it. I've tried over and over again, but he's just not receptive to what I'm trying to tell him. Can't we just let him live his life? Can't we just let him? Maybe he won't make the same mistakes. Maybe what I've told him will actually stick this time. Mark looked to all the world like he was talking to himself in the back of a bus stop. But he wasn't. He actually had an implant in the back of his ear that allowed him to speak to someone in 2219. He didn't know where the implant came from. He fell asleep one day and woke up and it was just there. And there was a voice in his ear saying, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Mark? I need your help. Initially, Mark thought he was crazy. He looked around. Am I going insane? No, Mark, not even close. I need your help. My name is Gerald, and you're the only hope for our future. This is a joke, right? What is this? I'm, I'm dreaming. You are not dreaming. And I wish this was a joke, but I need your help. Do you know Patrick Dayton? Yeah, I know him. Good football player. MVP. Uh, goes to Collin High School. Um, just led them to the championship. He's a superstar. Yeah. I need you to go and talk to him. About what? I need you to go and talk to him about going to a certain college. Okay. Why? Because at this certain college, he will meet someone who will change his life and change our future. That shouldn't be difficult. What school is it? UCLA? USC? Notre Dame? Pitzer. P I'm sorry, what? Pitzer College. Where's Pitzer College? What's Pitzer College? Is that... Is that even Division One? No. It's Division Three. Well, 
I can tell you right now, there's literally no way that he's going to play for a Division three school. This kid is literally good enough right now to go pro, and he knows it. Yes, we know. So why does he need to go to, what's it called again? Pitcher College. Where's Pitcher College located at? Claremont, California. What's waiting for him there? It can't be a football career. It cannot. No. One of the things you have to do, Mark, is convince him that if he goes to Pitcher College, his football career is going to be over. But in return, he'll be saving the planet. Okay. This has got to be a joke. Remind me, who am I talking to again? My name is Gerald, and we're running out of time. Are you in? How much time do I have? Patrick's going to make his decision of what school he's going to go to in three days. You have three days, Mark, to convince him to go to Pitcher College. That was 16 days ago. Mark counted. Sure, it wasn't because he had failed. Oh, he had failed over and over again. And every time he failed, he woke up in the same place. Again. Gerald telling him, hey, try again. Mark had gone to Patrick multiple times and in multiple ways. He brought him candy. He tried to talk to him as an older athlete and a friend. He tried to talk to him as a brother. He tried to talk to him as a rival. He tried to goad him. Nothing worked. And every single time that he failed, he woke up right where he was. Jesus, I'm never going to get this guy to go to this college. I didn't want to do this, Gerald said. But maybe what you need just left. What, those two kids? Yeah, if you can't do this alone, well, I can do it. No, you can't, obviously. If you can't do this alone, then catch up to Jackie and Henry. They might be able to help out. Go Sagehens! <laughs> See, that makes a lot more sense. That's a lot closer to where my story went than the first one, so... <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, so there's this show. There's a show called Quantum Leap, right? (laughs) In Quantum Leap, there's a guy who is told by a guy who's in the future to help these people so he can find his way back home. And I love Quantum Leap. It's not as good as Sliders, but it's really fucking good, right? So I was watching Quantum Leap. And then your story came through, and I was like, go Sachin's! <laughs> also, I got really scared for a second, because for a long, long fucking time, Pitcher College was a women's college. Go Sachin's! Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it became a men and women's college somewhere along the line. So that all worked out. But I just didn't know what to do with that story without it. I, I I just, I was like, I want 
to do i've never done a time travel story i've never done a groundhog day type story oh see i didn't know it was a time travel in that way like i definitely i definitely went with fantastical and whimsical i'm not giving it a it definitely went whimsical (laughs) and like fantasy just not not that not not time travel in that way. Motherfucker's that about to end up at Hogwarts and shit. <laughs> <laughs> not Ab- Hogwarts exactly. <laughs> Abigail, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Play cousin. What, what what do you think about part two? <laughs> I think if it could have gone in any direction that I like would have wanted it to go that I didn't know that I wanted it to go it was that one (laughs) (laughs) go sanctions (laughs) picture college what the fuck so (laughs) I I was like when I was listening to it I was like like is a pitzer. It's a, I'd never heard of it either. You know, you know like I picked up my phone and Googled it. <laughs> so I initially was gonna have it be an NAIA school that he had to convince him to go to, which no fucking way. But then I was like, you know what? Instead, I'm going to make it a school out here in California that I had never actually heard of before. And so Pitcher College it was. Is it actually in Claremont? It's in Claremont. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is. Cool. Um, it actually combined with uh, Claremont College uh, and the student life, which the student newspaper for Pitzer. It, it's actually Claremont College's newspaper. They just go to Pitzer. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have their own newspaper. That's funny. <laughs> oh, so, Jason. Yes, sir. We are about to embark on your part. Um, Indeed. Is there anything you want to get off your chest before we begin? <laughs> uh, the only thing that I that I thought about afterward is so I've never really like done any sort of like long form telephone game like this, and mm-hmm. it's kind of easy to like forget to communicate certain information within your story. You know, it's easy to take for granted and like forget that they didn't hear the one that came first. Mm -hmm. So like, I know at the end, I kind of like, I was trying to set up something with one of the characters. And then like an hour or two later, I realized like, she has no idea who that person is. Cause I never, <laughs> never go back. I just carried from the second part, oh, wow. assuming that four would have heard two, but they did it. So like, I'm sure that's going to go in a very different direction. <laughs> you know, it literally just struck me that I never actually had the motherfucker get on the bus that he was waiting for, for the <laughs> appointment that he was waiting for. Like those two things just flew right out the window. So I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but, but no, no other than that definitely leaned, you know, heavy into the 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 genre and the fantastic <laughs> and uh uh all of that. So, we kept it going in that direction for sure. All right. With no further ado, <laughs> let's go ahead and get the Jason segment. Here's part 3. It was the posters that bothered Mark the most. Every time he would return to Earth to try to save the world by convincing Patrick to sell his life and career short, He couldn't help but notice the posters. All around, he saw advertisements featuring the same young boy and girl, regardless of the product. From chewing gum to family sedans to heart disease medication, every image hawking the latest and greatest of what the country had to offer 
featured the same young girl and young boy in various states of emotion, which is what made it so easy to recognize Jackie and Henry on Mark's 17th day back to save the world. The two kids were affixing a poster for Salsa to the side of the school. It featured Henry in an oversized sombrero and sporting a thick, black mustache that belied his age. Jackie sandwiched her face in her hands in mock surprise, a decision the Salsa's marketing department claimed would reinforce the immense value of the Salsa at just $2.99 a jar. Mark found the whole display distasteful, but such were the all-knowing ways of commerce. With Gerald's message fresh in his mind, he zeroed in on the two kids and approached. Hello, fellow classmates, I... He was interrupted by the sound of aerosol emptying from a canister, and that was soon replaced by the screams of an adult male. Ah, my eyes! My doctor said I'm not supposed to get poison in them! The young girl responded teasingly. Well then, maybe you shouldn't roll up on two kids out of nowhere like that, creeper. They don't give us pepper spray for nothing. Mark took a minute to compose himself before responding. Jeez, is this how you greet all your friends? The young man volleyed the question back. How do we know you're a friend? You two are Jackie and Henry, right? Mark asked. I hear you might be able to be of service. Bright smiles spread across the children's faces. Service? The girl continued. That's our favorite word in the English language. To explain, we are service spirits from the land of the Fae and are currently undertaking our Gom Shalud. Mark looked confused. What's a Gom Shalud? The young boy interjected. It is a pilgrimage our kind must take shortly after our 12th birthday to determine if we will advance to become true fairies who are the noblest and wisest of our people. To even be asked to embark on Gom Shalud is a great honor of our kind. And what must you do while on this Gom Shalud? Mark asked. The girl explained. Upon our travels, we must find a complete stranger and assist them with a matter of life or death. Mark chuckled to himself. Is that so? Well, isn't this fortuitous? I just so happen to be on an errand that will literally determine the fate of the world, and it turns out I can't do it alone. The two kids looked like they could burst out of their skin. Can we help? They asked in unison. That depends, Mark said. Can you help convince someone to do something that will benefit the world as we know it at the expense of everything they've ever wanted? The kids looked to each other, then back to Mark. The boy spoke. Of course! All we need to do is inhabit our true spirit form. Then we can enter his head and steer his thoughts in the necessary direction. Mark cocked his head. How do you enter people's heads? The girl answered. Through the nose or ears, depending on which one's cleaner. You can use other orifices, but it only gets dirtier from there. Mark chuckled. <laughs> Gross. Okay, so when can we do this? No time like the present, the boy exclaimed. Then something in the air changed. The subtle breeze came to a standstill. A sour smell presented itself. A loud crash in the sky as dark clouds encircled into a vortex that tore open the fabric of the world. A giant, oversized mech appeared from a rich black hole of nothingness in the sky. It fell graciously toward Earth and hit the ground with a mighty rumble that sent shockwaves cascading across the plains. Mark looked up to see the enormous robotic vehicle thundering across the plain. Within moments, it was within arm's reach. 
The giant mech swatted the two children away before they could change forms. They went flying off into the distance, far enough away that Mark lost track of their progress and failed to see where they landed. He looked back to the mech and the pilot who sat housed within the cockpit. The pilot pushed a button and the protective glass of the cockpit raised, revealing himself to Mark. Nice to finally meet you in person, the pilot said. My name is Gerald, and it's your time to die. <laughs> but she has no idea who Gerald is because I never bothered to tell her. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and that's exactly that's, what I'm talking about. Like it's so that, easy to take that for granted. And okay. that's how we stick the landing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I, you know what? You know what? I got so caught up in hearing the beautiful, like. All the place I'm really thinking about all the orify that you can fly into and get dirtier <laughs> as you go on. That I didn't even think about the fact that Gerald wasn't involved in that segment at all either. Abby, yep. no, Jason, yes. first and foremost, yes, that was wonderful. Thank that you. was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Emphasis on fantastic. Oh, right. what were you thinking? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like I said, uh, I just I'm I'm just, I'm really into like genre material. Um, I like like I said, all that 14 year old boy crap of like wizards and robots and magic and monsters and all that stuff. And like, I don't know, you know, like I figured I mean. I didn't really necessarily know where the story was going to go, but I kind of like to be the one who's like, Hey, let's kind of throw a firecracker in this thing and see what happens. So mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I was able to achieve that a little bit. And uh, yeah, I like where, I like where it went. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I was really, I was really invested. I was at first I was like, what, what is a Mac? Okay. Wait, I think it's one of the, like, and then I realized it was like a suit later on. So yeah, I I was I was super invested. Wait, 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 wait. You didn't know what a mech was? Like in the (laughs) for some reason, Jolene, I just I just assumed. I I apologize. I I just I just did. I thought you knew. Okay. I'll tell you my first thought, mech. I'm military, so I assumed it was someone who worked on mechanical weapons. Then uh, I was that. like, <laughs> like a medic or something, but for, yeah. That, yeah. That, then I was like, Oh, uh, like worked on like the engines of mechanical, like things and weapons and aircraft. And then I was like, Oh, it's a suit. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so at first I thought it was, you know, like a, 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 a world changer, like somebody who destroyed the planet. And then I was like, oh, it's, a, it's a fucking suit. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking suit. <laughs> First, I thought, you know, it's a big ass college out there in the middle of like Northeast Ohio or something. And I found out it's it's, it's, it's a fucking Claremont. It's, 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 it's the fucking Sagens, girl. Sagens. Abigail. And I didn't know who that I was like, who's Gerald? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Run, run with Sorry this. about that. Run with this. <laughs> Please tell me you told you turn him into an R&B singer because for some reason the name Gerald just, I don't know. Abigail. What do you yeah, think of the story? No, it it's amazing. It's so fun. Like that's what I love about this show is that like it's you never know where it's gonna go. And I too am like a huge nerd for like YA and like books and 
uh, like fantasy and like that sort of genre. So yeah, it's like on point. I'm super excited to see where Joey takes it. <laughs> All I know, without going any further into it, Jalene, my beloved friend, has been asking me for the past month. Did you think it was fucking weird enough, Derek? Did I make it weird <laughs> enough, Derek? It's weird enough, Derek. Yeah. So, with the warning that she definitely wanted it to be weird enough, <laughs> with no further ado, let's go to Jalene's end of this story. Here's part four. Mark stared up at the creature that emerged from the mech and gasped. You. He knew that if she was here, the truth was going to be revealed that we were all just living on the sentient being known as Earth. And he couldn't let anyone find out, not even the Fae on their Gom Shalom. He had to do something. He had to fight, talk some sense into her. But... Alas, he knew she would not hear any of it, and the game was up, and he looked up and said, I don't suppose there's any way we can talk this out to avoid bloodshed. You know Mother Earth needs us as much as we need her. The being looked down and said, I very much doubt that. <laughs> Hello, Mark. It's been a long time. I see you're still hanging out with the lesser forms of fae and human beings. What has that gotten you so far? Oh, yes. You think you guys are the good guys, but you spend so much time ruining and destroying the being you live on you didn't even know it was alive look at you you pollute the rivers that give you life and you you too you invade people's minds and make them do the right thing you see Call me whatever you want. I was the original Fae, and I gave you humans and you lesser forms of Fae free will. And what did you do with it? You destroyed our Mother Earth and made her sick. So now, I've come to get rid of you. If you don't want to leave, I can make you. Mark looked up at the being that came out of the mech and yelled, Over my dead body, we'll fight to the last man. The being looked at Mark and said, As you wish. A great battle ensued. There were many explosions and fires and death abound. And not a lot of humans or Fae survived. But in the end, Mark and his friends were victorious. 
Meanwhile, Mother Earth sits in a doctor's office and the doctor delivers the prognosis. I'm so sorry. We fought as hard as we can, but we couldn't really get rid of all the humans. So you don't have very much longer, Miss Earth. It was a good fight, so get your affairs in order. And, you know, maybe one day we'll have a cure for humans. The end. Before I get to you, Jalen, <laughs> I have to circle back to like two things. One, at the part where Mark yelled out the battle cry, he should have yelled out, oh, mech, no, like instead of, oh, heck, no. <laughs> Secondly, Jason, this just Jason ignore that there are tens of ones of people listening to this show right now. It's just <laughs> you and me. It's just me and you I'm, talking. This is this everybody else earmuffs. It's just Jason and I talking. This we're in a safe space now. This is this is in the room of secrets, the, the cone of silence. <laughs> Did you forget to mention fucking Patrick Dayton? Uh, yeah, story? I forgot to mention a lot of things that didn't have to do with <laughs> robots and fairies, really. Uh, I just realized that when I was like, Jalene did not mention Patrick at all. In her <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, little uh, little uh, halfway point protagonist switch, as is so common among storytelling, right? You know what? You have no idea. I did a show that will, this will always be my go to dinner story. So I did a, a show with some people, um, friends of mine. You're all friends of mine. Um, and I went first. And the story initially was about sixth graders who were also bank robbers. Like 10-year-old, 11-year-old bank robbers. The story was going to be fucking epic. The second person took the story and it was about three kids, two brothers and another guy. And he completely wiped the two brothers out the story completely. Forgot to talk about him. And only talked about this one kid and his sister. So by the end of the story, my epic story about sixth grade bank robbers turned into kids who were doing League of Legends to raise money to save the little, the, the boy's sick sister. And I was like, what the fuck, man? All it takes <laughs> is one thing. Just forgetting yeah. one thing makes a great story, an even greater story, but in a different way. And I'm fine absolutely. with that. Hell I'm yeah. absolutely fine with that. Jalene, what were you thinking when you came up with this story? Well, I had no idea what was going on. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to run with it. Where can I take this? I was like, okay, okay. So obviously this guy thinks he's a good guy. What if he's not the good guy? What if he's not the good guy? No, let's just, and I was like, let's throw in a plot twist. And I was like, let's widen up the universe and make the picture bigger. What would happen then? And I was like, what would be the weirdest shit ever? And um, shout out Greg from Pocket Fam. Uh, he was writing a book about not planets, but like universes, like ba- like kind of inspired by the Marvel guy, Marvel, the Marvel character that's like the whole galaxy. And he, he was writing a, a book and I was like, what if we just widened up this world just a little bit? And then, you know, and I thought about it because. It, okay, so a lot of things led to it, but basically, um, Roe v. Wade was overturned, 
And we're talking about how the baby lives off the mom. The baby lives off the mom and until the mom gives birth, in essence, the baby cannot survive and is therefore a parasite. But the baby never knows that it started its life off as a parasite, essentially. Not saying kids are parasites. Please do not come for me. I love all three of my kids. But the the biological definition of a parasite is something that cannot live on its own without a host so that came up and i was like what if people are the parasites Hmm. we wouldn't know it so that's the direction i took the thing took the whole story in that direction because i wanted to throw in a plot twist and widen up the world so plot twist achieved misfits miss Mischief managed. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag Thanos was right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that Gerald guy, like if you only knew, like if you only knew that Gerald literally said, go meet these two kids. <laughs> you, oh God. <laughs> oh, my man turned into like the fucking villain of the story. He was like, okay, I'm playing my part. I'm going to fuck <laughs> all y'all to fuck up. And then turned into fucking Kane the Conqueror. And that was dope. I, I enjoyed it. I yeah. did. I really thought that that was well done. I sat there and listened to it like five times. And I was like, this is perfect. This is, this is just what I needed it to be. Um, <laughs> And I am grateful to y'all. Um, Jolene and Abigail, y'all have been on before, but the big plan that I have for the fifth uh, anniversary of Storytellers so it's not coming to fruition yet, so hold tight. That'll happen soon. Jason, I want to let you know that not only are you always welcome back, but you will be back because I have plans for you. You don't have awesome. a choice. You're a hostage. You can check in, but you can't check out. Um, no, More you can than check out anytime hostage. you like, but you can never leave. That's the story. Oh, Hotel California. I've been there before. Yeah. Um, but before we go any further, Abigail, tell the folks something about yourself and tell them something about your show. The floor is yours. Yeah, so I'm Abigail. I'm the host of the Manic Pixie Weirdo, where we talk about relationships and all the different kinds of relationships that you can have in your life. Uh, this week, we talk about mental health. We've talked about Marvel. We've talked about um, all different kinds of stuff on the show. So come check us out. We'd love to have you. It's really a dope show, y'all. I, I say that without hyperbole. Like, you really need to get involved. Um, just open and honest and funny as hell for no reason. Like effortlessly funny. It's like crazy because it's just like a dry, awesome humor that just keeps punching you in your balls until you collapse and you're like, no moss. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. My bad. Jalene, tell them something about yourself. Tell them something about your vlog and your shows and the floor is yours. Um, I'm Jolene. I own Mom is Always Right Media. Uh, right now we are doing bisexual and I'm uh working on a very walker vlog it goes down in the pm is getting ready for its fall return uh we had some technical difficulties in the studio the ac broke in the middle of the hottest heat wave oh you too girl 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 so my entire upstairs so i have two floors three floors three floors and so we have two separate air conditioning units our air conditioning unit broke that 
Sunday. The next day, the temperature was 114 degrees. So my bedroom had no air conditioner for a week. Uh, the top had the, the kitchen, the whole upstairs had, I feel you, girl. We had to sleep downstairs on the couch. I felt like a transient. Oh, my God. With the door open and the screen door locked, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't <laughs> oh even. Oh, it was so it felt so great downstairs that it made me mad that the air conditioner worked so well. But, yeah. Oh, that week was yeah. hell. Um, yeah. So shout out to Jesse Palacios, who has is tirelessly working on the AC issue so we can get back into the studio with my set but I had like the greatest set design ready for the fall premiere of it goes down at p.m. and they see just kind of shit the bed so but get ready goes down in the p.m. it's coming back it's about to be nine o'clock uh follow me on a very walker vlog right where I just you get to see into my life i am very funny i am one entertaining i i heard i'm a funny motherfucker okay? she's a funny motherfucker and, <laughs> and and i went viral for cussing out a customer at my part-time that became a full-time that i am now the team lead in so congratulations yeah one of like someone came in a comedian that's really popular on the ground came in with his friend and played a prank on me uh it's called she was asking for secret sauce and she was acting wild listen when you prank people make sure you know who you're dealing with because the right one might just punch you in your mouth like you like if you knew me she would have been you would have grabbed your girl long prior uh prior to that point but no it was funny he got me good and you know I'm laughing about it now, and the video went viral. So, <laughs> bottom line, y'all, it goes down. The PM's coming soon. Reggae horns. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. <laughs> no, really, reggae horns. Yeah. <laughs> for it to warm up. My computer is slow, and it's it's different. Jason, tell them something about yourself. Tell them something about your show. The floor is yours. All right. So uh, actually kind of applicable. The one thing I will say about myself is in addition to doing the podcast, which is a film review podcast I'll get to in a second, um, I actually edit and publish books uh, in addition to writing some of my own. Um, Yeah. So uh, we actually just released a a, a book last week. It's our newest book. It's a I call it a zany cosmic horror anthology, which it's 12 short stories of cosmic horror, but filtered through like this cartoon lens. Okay. so. Kind of, again, if you like the sort of big genre-based ideas that I brought in my segment to this show, you'll probably like a lot of what we're doing in that. It's called Uncle Aberrant's Compendium of Cosmic Delights. Can you put the link for it into the chat and then I will put it into the show notes? I will, yeah. And basically it's 12 short stories and we have a um, a host kind of like the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Uncle Aberrant yeah. and he introduces each of the stories um, and then I don't know how familiar you guys are with uh, like publishing world and all that, but there's an artist by the name of Justin T. Coons, who's one of like the most fantastic cover artists that's working right now. He does a lot of the splatter and Westerns okay. uh, that uh, Death's Head Press has put out. Uh, we got him to do our cover. Uh, I don't awesome. know how we got what? him. No, but wait, it's, what? Yeah, no way. Yeah. So he did uh, our cover and it's literally like my, it's almost my favorite cover of like any book that's out. Like, I can't believe it's my cover. That he did. It's amazing. 
call me back. <laughs> He's How so busy. He because I forged a relationship with him a long time ago. I actually reached out to him like when I first started out and he was kind of younger. So we stayed in touch. So that's the only reason that I was We've able to get a hold to of him. Get his people to call <laughs> for Tribe of the Trees for the last six months. Yeah. So what yeah, you have but, to do is what Jason did, as I heard it. He forged his name and um, forged a relationship <laughs> by forging his name and sending it over to his people like this, what we're doing. Um, no, <laughs> that is hella dope. I'm, su- I'm, I'm looking, I'm, it, and I'm looking forward to reading it. I promise. Thank you. I promise that I will leave a good review unless it doesn't. Hey. <laughs> hey, no, absolutely. I never, I never asked for anything that we don't deserve. Um, okay, I just dropped the link. It's like a super, super long link. But again, if you type in either Uncle Aberrant, A B E R R A N T, or Compendium of, of Cosmic Delights, nothing else is going to pop up. Nothing else is called that. So I can, I, I, I can see how that would make sense. No worries, I got it. Um, so, anyways, um, yeah, and then just real quick, I will say that my podcast is Esoterica Cinema. We review films that are sort of lesser known films from the cinematic history. Uh, so we try to look at a lot of the films that nobody else is looking at. You can find us on all the different platforms. And we also do comedy sketches because why not? Yeah, why not? Totally. <laughs> why not? Oh, my me. I'm just looking at your book like, hmm, can I purchase this? Is it available in paperback? <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely. Justin did the cover. Um, it's right there on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere like that. So. So, yeah, we're really excited about it. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this show. You can leave a review on Spotify. That takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser and then copy and paste that in Apple Podcasts and then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. Uh, you can donate to the show on patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you like a ton of content. Um, you can also donate at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the uh, Good Pods app. You can use the tip jar. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly do appreciate you. The show is uh, storytellerspod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find it on Twitter at Story Tailspin, T-A-L-E-S-P-I-N-O-E-O. Uh, um, again, thank y'all for joining me. And thank y'all for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace.
Theme music for storytellers was provided by Revolution Void and it's called Someone Else's Memories. You can find it at the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my dad, and you said.